Principle four, leverage desperation to find inspiration. Somebody's life is about to change. My daughter and I love watching love stories together. One of her all-time favorites is Titanic. Jane loves the movie because of the romance, but my favorite scene actually takes place at the opening of the movie. The main character, Jack, is caught up in a card game doubling down again and again until his friend, Fabrizio, leans over and warns him to not lose everything they have. Jack's reply? When you got nothing, you got nothing to lose. The adversary across the table from Jack complains that his partner bet their tickets on the Titanic's maiden voyage. Clearly, he has something to lose. Clearly, somebody's life is about to change in this moment. One by one, everyone begins to show their cards. Fabrizio and Olaf have no good cards. Sven has two pairs. All eyes move to Jack. Jack looks at Fabrizio and apologizes. Fabrizio quickly goes wild, exasperated about the money he thinks he just lost. That is until Jack cuts him off. I'm sorry you're not going to see your mom again for a long time. Because we're going to America! Desperation as a catalyst. Over 80% of millionaires in America are first-generation millionaires. Put another way, 8 out of 10 millionaires did not start as millionaires, but they took risks and in doing so created additional wealth to join this elite club. But although the statistic is impressive, you can't ignore the facts behind them. The journey of entrepreneurship isn't easy. In fact, most of the time it will cause you to become desperate. And believe it or not, that's a good thing because it's in that moment of desperation that good entrepreneurs are born. You've probably heard the phrase, necessity is the mother of invention. It's a proverb often attributed to Plato's Republic, where the B. Jowett translation states, the true creator is necessity, who is the mother of our invention. In other words, out of our deep need can come our best creations, our best inventions, our best selves. When we find ourselves with nothing to lose, that's when we have everything to gain. Embrace the obstacle. In Ryan Holiday's book, The Obstacle is the Way, he tells an old story about a king whose people had grown soft and entitled. In order to teach them a lesson, he placed a large boulder in the middle of the main road, blocking entry to the city. The king hid and observed their reactions to this obstacle. Most of the subjects approached the rock and tried to move it, but gave up after half-hearted attempts. Finally, a man approached the rock, and after not being able to move it, he refused to give up and found a large branch that he could use for leverage. After using the branch to move the boulder, he found a stash of gold coins underneath and a note that said, The obstacle in the path becomes the path. Never forget, within every obstacle is an opportunity to improve our condition. The wise king knew that the obstacle becomes the path. To try to get around it is to miss the journey entirely. Good entrepreneurs know the same. An idea to rise. Every great business starts from one of the most precious resources in the world, an idea. You need lots of resources to make a business grow, but don't be confused. The idea is the most valuable of all because it provides the spark to begin the journey. And without it, you have nothing else. It starts with someone who wants to change something or grow something or become different. It starts with someone often who's frustrated with the status quo. It starts with someone who is desperate for difference. It's a life-changing process to be able to envision something that doesn't exist, 
to have an idea and then see it through to fruition. This is the other side of desperation. Before I ran my own business, I had the great fortune of being surrounded by many successful entrepreneurs. As a friend, an employee, and an investor, they allowed me to walk alongside them as they were growing their businesses. They shared what they learned and gained along the way, but most importantly, they opened up to me about their poor decisions and the consequences that followed. While I was running Rise, I was surrounded by a team of people who were second to none. I always tried to hire people smarter than me and then get out of their way. I would tell my team, here's my bad idea, now make it better. And they would. Good leaders don't operate on an island. They're surrounded by dozens of people who can help them execute their overall vision. They are supported by people who won't let their ideas die on the hill of desperation. When I started Rise, I was desperate. At that point in my life, I had found some financial success but was exhausted from the lifestyle that came with it. At first, traveling for work was luxurious, but over time, I dreaded the trips. I had accumulated over 2 million miles on American Airlines in a decade, averaging over 200,000 miles a year. Most of those flights were domestic, which meant I was on the road almost every other week. The travel experience was satisfactory about 50% of the time, bad about 40% of the time, and delightful just 10% of the time. Now keep in mind, I was flying first class almost all the time, and even up front, the experience was nothing to brag about. I know all the workers worked hard and wanted to give me a good experience, but the decks were stacked against them. Only internet service providers, subscription television companies, and health insurance companies score lower than airlines in customer satisfaction. I remember being stuck in airports, delayed because of mechanical problems and having to deal with frustrated flight attendants and frustrated pilots and frustrated front desk staff and frustrated security people and frustrated passengers. Everybody I encountered during the process was frustrated. And that doesn't even account for everything leading up to the flight. It was the parking in the overcrowded garage. It was standing in line to get your ticket or check your bag. It was security having to take off your shoes, take off your belt, and take off your jacket. It was making sure you didn't have any liquids over 3.4 ounces. It was getting to your gate and hopefully finding a decent cup of coffee and a bagel that was made sometime in the last three days. It was being herded like cattle to board the plane with the rest of the passengers. It was such a difficult task to get from one city to another that the process left me desperate. And when I finally had the opportunity to experience the difference of flying on a private plane, I had hoped that I could continue to build businesses and be a good husband and father and friend I could have my cake and eat it too. I found myself at the season of life with a beautiful wife, three beautiful children. They were growing up quickly and I was missing soccer practices, rehearsals, school plays, opportunities to help out with homework. When I finally got home, I was so exhausted that I couldn't really engage. I knew that this was not the life that I wanted for myself or my family. It felt as if I was abandoning them. I had this massive hole in my heart from my dad being away in prison and I was determined not to have my children feel the same way. I was desperate to give my family the life I wanted for us. And so I got an idea. I would buy a private plane. Truth be told, the plane itself, although not inexpensive, wasn't the biggest obstacle. The management and flying of a private airplane are often the more expensive and complicated pieces of the puzzle. That all added up to the realization that I shouldn't own a plane by myself. So I wondered if I could get some friends to go in together. In my desperation to find a better way, I developed a bigger plan. What if I could share a private plane, not just among my friends, 
but with their friends and their friends, friends, and their friends, friends, friends. I knew the market was large. I had inadvertently been doing market research for a decade, and I could see by looking at my fellow passengers on commercial flights that they were zombies. I could see it in their eyes. They hated it. They were pale. They were overweight. They didn't want to talk to anybody else. They were not excited to get on the plane. What started as an incredibly frustrating experience for me turned into an idea that birthed the dream that I could make a difference in that space. Every product should be sold with one goal, to make the purchaser more successful than they were before they bought it. Rise was really started out of a desperate desire not to be away from my family as much as I had been. But if that could help other people too, why not take the risk? I was determined to find a way forward, and lucky for me, there were hundreds of thousands of other travelers who were desperate to find another way too. When Rise launched, hardly a week went by when I wasn't getting a text, email, or voicemail from our members thanking us for the work we were doing. One customer sent me a picture of himself with his family at a restaurant with a text that said, because of Rise, I get to have dinner with my family tonight. That's when I knew we'd created something beautiful. From my desperation came something better, not just for me, but for my friends, employees, and members. That's what makes desperation so important for good entrepreneurs like you. Desperation is the father of creativity, and it's a key ingredient for your success as an entrepreneur. If you look at it this way, the dark moments and major obstacles will become one more step on the journey toward meaning and success. They can be the birthplace of some of your best ideas, but if you fail to see it as an opportunity, desperation will end your entrepreneurial journey before it even starts. Born from Desperation So many of us take the wrong posture towards suffering. We try to avoid it, to ignore it, to get out of it at all costs. But when we do, we risk missing what can come from it. The attitude we take toward unavoidable suffering is one of the places we can find meaning in life. According to Viktor Frankl in Man's Search for Meaning, the meaning of life differs from man to man, from day to day, and from hour to hour. What matters, therefore, is not the meaning of life in general, but rather the specific meaning of a person's life at a given moment. Struggles in life are not something to be merely tolerated. They can be great learning opportunities. Most people don't see it that way. And because of that, most people miss out on the great opportunity and education that desperate struggles can provide. Think about this. What do all the following businesses have in common? Fortune Magazine, Federal Express, United Parcel Service, the Walt Disney Company, Hewlett-Packard Company, Charles Schwab Corporation, Standard Oil, Coors Brewing Corporation, Costco Wholesale Corporation, Revlon, General Motors Corporation, Procter & Gamble Company, United Airlines, Microsoft Corporation, and LinkedIn. The answer? They followed the mantra of Rahm Emanuel, Barack Obama's former chief of staff, You never want a serious crisis to go to waste. All these businesses were started during an economic crisis or depression. They were born from a moment of desperation. And the same can be true for you. Good entrepreneurs let desperation be the push they need to take their next step. The job you hate? Let it motivate you to your next one. The tension you feel in your day-to-day frustrations? Let it be the reason you decide to come up with a solution. The desire you have to build a better community? Let it be the catalyst to your entrepreneurial journey because good entrepreneurs aren't defeated by desperation. 
A Punch in the Mouth. In The Hobbit by J.R.R. Tolkien, the story invites the readers into the life of Bilbo Baggins, a reserved and home-loving hobbit who has a comfortable life. Everything is just the way he likes it, until a wizard named Gandalf tricks him into hosting a party for 13 dwarves who upend his home and ultimately his life. They convince him to go on a journey to defeat a dragon named Smog. Along the way, the group encounters goblins and trolls. They get separated from each other and find themselves in ever more desperate situations. This adventure allows the reader to follow the maturation of Bilbo Baggins, growing stronger with every encounter that challenges him. He's a stark contrast to the dwarves who never seem to change from the beginning of the story till the end. I often think about Bilbo in the context of the entrepreneurial journey, realizing that the same themes apply to us as entrepreneurs. In the world of the entrepreneur, it's a little less fantastical, although it often doesn't feel any less daunting. In our journey, we must convince investors to back us, employees to quit their stable jobs to come work with us, and clients to give us their hard-earned money. We can hardly wait to get started, barely getting our foot out the door when something unexpected happens. Without seeing it coming, we run smack dab into trouble. The German field marshal known as Moltak the Elder famously said, No plan of operations extends with certainty beyond the first encounter with the enemy's main strength. Or, to make this even more simple, the philosopher Mike Tyson said, everyone has a plan until they get punched in the mouth. Everyone thinks they know what they're doing until they get started. Until they meet their first enemy and their first challenge. This is where the good entrepreneurs are separated from the posers. This is where the real journey begins. Andy Grove, the legendary management guru, said, bad companies are destroyed by crisis. Good companies survive them. Great companies are improved by them. This was after his company took a $475 million charge against earnings for a recall of Intel processing chips. Talk about a punch in the mouth. So the question is, when you get punched in the mouth, how will you react? One path leans into fear, frustration, anger, confusion helplessness, or victimization. The other leans into desperation as the means for growth. One entrepreneur might stay down for the count. The good entrepreneur gets up and keeps swinging. So here's your end of chapter homework. The question is this, how do we use desperation for growth? And you're gonna have to go to the book's website, thegoodentrepreneurbook.com to download this table I'm about to describe. But once you download the table, I want you to take a minute and think about the last time you faced a challenge either in your personal life or your professional life, a crisis, an obstacle in your path to getting something you wanted. And what was your response? What did it bring up in you? How did it affect you? The way we respond tells us a lot about ourselves. Good entrepreneurs see crisis as an opportunity for growth. And growth is accelerated when you are clear and focused. So once you download the table, I want you to follow the instructions below to create a simple way to target what you want to address and to move ahead. The rows represent the two primary areas of life. Personal, that is the relationship, behavioral, and emotional challenges, and professional, career, job, and work challenges. The three columns represent the possible levels to grow in. Broken to good, there's a struggle in the area that you'd like to resolve. Examples of a personal, a marriage issue, a parenting problem, a troublesome bad habit that's not going your way, disruptive emotions that get in your way. Examples of professional, a leadership problem, strategic concerns, systems or financial issues, inability to find your niche. In the good to great, things are going well, 
but you could use improvement. Examples of personal, lack of passion for what you're doing, a feeling of stagnation in your marriage, unexciting dating life, a lack of fulfillment in what you are engaged in. Examples of professional, slow growth in the organization and few opportunities to excel. Great to optimized, things are going very well, but you want to be optimizing matters towards your true potential. Examples, a personal, kids need to be more focused on their potential. You're in good physical condition, but you want to optimize it. You're happy, but want more joy. Examples of professional, you want to be at the peak of your skills and passion, and you want to be the best leader possible. Unless you don't want to have goals, it's simply impossible to not have anything in these cells that matter to you. Identify what the challenge is that you want to work on. Put them in the cells and take time to reflect on them.